This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. So there's not enough growth. Growth is important. Growth and prosperity. Undeveloped countries need growth. Developed countries need growth. We've had stagnation for years. My pal David Malpass, who's former president of the World Bank, recently uh, retired, served in the Trump administration, Reagan and the Papa Bush administrations. David, uh, geez, David, you ought to write a book. Going to write a book? Uh, hi, hi, Larry. Well, I'm happy to be on the radio, and I'm thinking about a book. But nice to talk with you. So your op-ed piece in the Wall Street Journal, the world economy needs to get its growth back without free market policies that encourage dynamism. The current drift may persist for years. So um, I'm not as diplomatic as you are, and I would just say that the group of seven is dominated by socialists and if not socialist, socialist thinking, and my fear is the G20 is too, and that's the antithesis of free market dynamism and capitalism and free enterprise. They're trying to do it through governments and climate controls and regulatory policies. I mean, to, to me, the policies are bad, but the leadership is worse. Uh, the the uh, policies are leading, you, you know, at the core to lots of problems. One is subsidies. So governments step in and say, well, I'm going to subsidize this and this and this, whether that's in the climate space or one of the biggest subsidies going on is for bonds. Uh, that's because the central banks are buying bonds. So that distorts everything. And then the central banks operate on an inflation targeting kind of policy, which uh, that's, that's basically the Phillips curve which we know really doesn't connect to good monetary policy. And so you're, you're left with all of these kind of founding principles within the, the big economies that end up just concentrating capital in the rich. Yeah, so, you know, one of the points you make here, which is interesting, uh, it's a point that Bjorn Lomborg has made. You know Bjorn Lomborg? You know what I'm talking about? Yes, he writes he about climate. Yeah, climate guy in uh, Sweden. He's a very smart guy. He's not a climate denier by any means, but he makes the point, you know, uh, and you're saying this, if you're, cl you're going to shut down fossil fuels, one thing you're going to shut down is, uh, or make, you're going to make fertilizer very expensive, which in turn knocks down the world's food supply and reduces access to fertilizer and food and you, you're writing this, deteriorating nutrition, instability in electric grids, and rapidly increasing reliance on diesel generators, low-quality coal, and so forth and so on. I mean, this climate thing has to be thought through much, much better, it seems to me. You can't destroy one side while you think you're going to prop up the other. I'm not against renewables, David, but I'm against stopping fossils, and it's having some negative consequences. 
Yes, and the the challenge is for the poorer countries. The farmers don't get fertilizer because it's going to people that can pay, that can outbid them in the advanced economies. So Brazil is getting fertilizer from Nigeria, uh, and they use it to for their farmers. But then the farmers in Africa don't have the fertilizer. So it's a it's a big problem, and it's one that has a, a long uh, tail, a long cycle. So over the next two years. Uh, the fields have been under-fertilized in poorer countries, so the yields will be down. Now, the, I mean, good news, the G7 uh, does talk about this. They, they recognize that there has to be some kind of transition because natural gas is the core building block for fertilizer and for food. So uh, you have to allow people in the poorer countries to be, uh, to be developing natural gas even if you claim they're only going to use it for the next 30 years, uh, but there has to be some allowance of the transition. That seems to be uh, accepted. So the question then is, how do, you, how do you actually get it done? I think one place it's not accepted is here in the U.S. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I mean, the Europeans have right reclassified natural gas as a renewable. That's a big thing. Why don't we do that? Well, you know, the regulatory structure is uh, re- really in chaos and has to be, uh, has to be uh, uh, firmed up of what do you really want to do? How much are you willing to pay? And, and if the costs go to the poorer countries, are you going to uh, give them some kind of compensation for that cost? I think that all has to be worked out. It's a really difficult problem uh, for the world to have this big a dislocation going on. I I talked about it a year ago, right after the Ukraine invasion, that there was going to have to be a full realignment of energy policy in the world. And I think that's going to take time. But we're missing, I mean, back to your core point, growth is simply too slow. Mm. uh, And I think asset repricing is going to take quite a bit of time to adjust to, to, uh, to a slow growth world. Now, another key point in this is um, central banks should put more focus on policies that encourage currency stability and supply creation, not only demand destruction. Now, I started the show uh, talking to Art Laffer about this very point. Uh, he agrees with you. Demand destruction is not the solution. You need stable, you need, you need king dollar, and you need uh, supply side policies to promote uh, investment. We have to produce more goods and services. We can't just destroy it. We have to produce it. Now, what is the state of supply-side policies? If, if you have central banks that are based on the idea that inflation is caused by too much demand uh, then, then you, and interest rates being too low, how are you ever going to create growth out of that kind of model? You have to say uh, to hold down prices, you need stable money and you need more supply. Uh, so how that debate evolves globally, we'll have to see. Japan is still uh, capping its interest rates. You know, they have their 10-year bond yield 
uh, that they are they are they are constraining severely at at uh, at mm-hmm. artificial rates, uh, and they're doing it by having the central bank buy bonds, which which further which is part of this global concentration of capital uh, in in the rich people that can issue bonds. Um, well, so, yeah. I mean, so it just seems like so you have an inflation problem, okay. It just seems like the central banks uh, are fighting growth. They're not promoting growth. They're fighting growth. But it also seems like there's no coordination between fiscal and monetary policies. I mean, here, for example, so you get a jobs report yesterday. Uh, All right. So the jobs report was somewhat complicated and and mixed results, blah, blah, blah. But my point is uh, people are saying, well, the jobs could be strong so that's got to stop jobs they've they've got to launch their policies to prevent employment i mean what that's that can't work that's not what they're supposed to do they're looking at the wrong indicators you you've uh, pioneered that point that the phillips curve <laughs> uh, uh, simply is not a proper basis for deciding what to do with interest rates, uh, and there has to be more recognition of uh, of currency stability and and production being the source of price stability. And and so we, everybody agrees you want to have in general, on average, price stability. But what if your economy is really growing fast from a low level? You're going to have a lot more CPI inflation than mm-hmm. somebody else. So I think the you know, there's got to be a full rethinking of the models, both on fiscal policy and on monetary policy. And as I and, you know, subsidies are another angle. We're getting to the point where 50 percent of the economy uh, of many of the advanced economies and it, 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 even in the in the poorer countries, 50 percent is controlled by governments through their choice of subsidies. And so wh- wh- how can we, I'm, it, we're losing the spot where we can claim we're market-based economies. Right. China looks at that and says, you, you say you have a market economy, but it looks, to, it looks like your governments are dominating the whole economy. Uh, how, how, wh- how are we supposed to react? All um, right. David Malpass, yeah. welcome back to the private sector. That's all I'll say. We've run out of time. Thank you, buddy. Best to Adele. Appreciate it.